I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Before I get into this episode, I wanted to give you an update on Meredith Consulting. I'm going to let you in on something. Coaching right now is a secret weapon. It's a great time to position yourself to move forward and to find the joy in the journey. 2020 does not need to be a total wash. My current offerings include one-on-one coaching to help you work specifically on what you want to work on. Additionally, I've created some programs that might help you out. I have the Life Audit program, which is based off of the Finding Myself podcast, Episode 2. I've also created the SIGIT Goal Setting Method to help you look at goals, identify those goals, and crush those goals. I've also developed the Uncovering Your Passions. This is something that I've talked about on the podcast many times, and I've developed a program to help you identify those passions and really clarify what they are. Recently, I've created a program called Identifying and Overcoming an Obstacle. Too many times we let obstacles stop us dead in our tracks, but when we identify them, we can figure out strategies to overcome them. Please check out my website at meredithsiget.com for more information and also, more importantly, those monthly specials. You can also find more information in the show notes today. Welcome to the Finding Myself podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and enjoying the summer. I know the summer isn't the same as other summers. This is summer of 2020, coming off of COVID, but I can't even really say coming off of it because there's a lot of places that are still right in the thick of it. They're coming back to COVID with spikes, but I hope everyone is doing well and staying healthy. I am so excited because I have got one of my favorite guests returning today, Rachel Strait. You might remember her from her podcast episode. I'm blanking right now. Which episode? 12. 12. Look at you. You know what episode (laughs) it is. And it was Confidence Through Body Language. How you doing, Rachel? Good. I'm thankful to be back, you know. Um, super excited to talk about the topic that we're going to get into because um, it's something that is really important to me. Uh, so I look forward to it, and I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, which I got to tell you, Rachel, your episode, Confidence Through Body Language, has been a very popular episode. That's great to hear. I think that topic really resonated with a lot of people. And it's funny, but I've referenced that episode other times because it really, it's really useful. It's a good thing to be mindful of, our body language, and how sometimes we need to practice until it becomes a habit. Yes, definitely. So I like I appreciate because you inspired that episode and I think it really was a great episode. You brought a lot to it and it really is useful so for so many people. So thank you so much. You're welcome. So we're going to see, maybe we need to do a competition here to see if this episode beats out the old episode. What do you say? <laughs> 
Um, it could. I mean, the topic we're going to get into is something that's um, been discussed often a lot, especially, you know, these past couple of years with, you know, making sure that schools don't have bullies, things like that. Um, so I know this could be a hot to- another hot topic for you. All right. So before we get into our episode today about bullying in the workplace, let's catch up with you. What have you been up to since the last episode? Um, so I've been, I've been, a lot has changed for me. Um, I want to say I took a new job in October of last year. Um, so I actually uprooted my family and we moved to New Jersey. Um, so we closed on a house in December, sold our old house. And now we are living in New Jersey. Um, You know, lots different, but the kids are all in new schools, really loving it. And I'm really enjoying my new job. Um, I'm in Shopper Insights. You know, I'm back in consumer packaged goods. So I work for um, Reckitt. They sell some products that folks might be familiar with. Um, Lysol, Airwick, Finish, Dish Detergent. Uh, to just to name a few, but there's also Mucinex, Woolite, um, I'm drawing a blank, Mega Red, Vitamins, uh, Infamil, uh, Infant Nutrition. So a lot of good brands that, that folks are familiar with. Well, you, I mean, the first one you named, I think we're all familiar with right now, Lysol. I, I would hope so. Okay, so Rachel. Do I have an in to get some extra Lysol? (laughs) I knew you might ask that. Um, The funny thing is, is, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, my mom and, you know, friends and and family members have asked, hey, do you have any extra, you know, wipes, spray, whatever, you know. Um, I actually got a box sent home to me from work and I thought it was pretty thoughtful, um, but it was two packages of wipes, two like all-purpose disinfecting spray, uh, finished dish detergent, and Airborne. That's another brand that we sell for a community. Um, And I was super thankful for that because, as you can imagine, stores do not often have it on the shelf. And when they do, it's gone within five, 10 minutes. Um, So I, I do have those that I'm kind of, you know, Keeping for myself. Are you hoarding? <laughs> if you do want to drive two and a half hours, I might be willing to give you one. <laughs> if we were, you know, maybe back in March, I'd take you up on that offer. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, in our area, um, things have opened up a little bit. It was funny. I was at Target today and I saw one of our mommy friends. And before we said our goodbye, she said, by the way, they've got some wipes over there. There's not a lot of them. You might want to go get them. There you go. (laughs) I was like, oh, gosh. You know, it used to be the deals on the clothes or the makeup. Now we're giving people insight on toilet paper, paper towel, Lysol wipes, (laughs) hand sanitizer. Yeah. Oh, gosh. how, How times have changed a bit. Yes, they have. Well, I am so excited for you and the change that you've made for you and your family. I'm sad because you're no longer in the area, but I know that was a good move for you and your family. So I'm happy for you on that one. Yeah, it it was definitely, 
it was a hard decision that, you know, James and I had to make in regards to like, let's weigh out the pros and cons of this move. Um, but it's definitely been for the positive just because I really enjoy what I'm doing. I'm very passionate about it. Um, it's not that I didn't like my last job, um, but it's just something that really brings me joy, you know, and happiness to be doing something that I enjoy. And I'm working with products that I'm very passionate about. Um, so I just think for us, it was, it was a good choice. Well, they are lost their gain. So, but it's still great that we get to connect. I know social media is awesome, but look, podcasts, we don't need to be in the same room and we can still chat. I yes. love that you're still in the same time zone because time zones kind of play with me a little bit. So this all works out. So today's episode is about coming back from a bully in the workplace. And this is something that you and I have talked about personally and, and been in some groups and shared some experiences. And through that, kind of felt like we had an episode here. And it's, it's interesting how common this is. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's sad of how common it is. Uh, but it, it is an important topic to bring up because I think you, you mentioned it, that bullying we do talk about as school age. Mm -hmm. it, that It's a big hot topic and everyone knows I'm a school counselor, so I get more information on bullying. I deal with bullying so much in my professional life with kids. But when you're an adult dealing with it, it just kind of takes on a whole different connotation. I personally have had, I was thinking back, I've had, I'll say two and a half bullies. And I, I use a half because I had early on in my professional career, I had a superior that we really got along well. I was in the position prior to the supervisor coming, helped him get acclimated really had a good relationship, and then overnight something changed. And I don't know if he saw me as being intimidating, um, if he saw me possibly taking his job from him or outshining him. I'm not really sure, but something changed, and he just did everything he could to push me down or put me in situations that would not work out well. Uh -huh. um, and I wasn't the only person that he did this to. I decided to quit that position, and I was one out of six that quit that same week. So there was a big problem going on. Um, and even I still remember with that company, we had an exit interview that you had to do on your last day and I had to do it with him. And he poked at me and he prodded for me to explode on him so that mm -hmm. he could write it down on the exit interview. Wow. And I kept my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. I said nothing because this was going to be in my record. Right. And I just said thank you and left. Um, let's just say karma mm -hmm. was a friend of mine. <laughs> right. 
And yeah. uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you bring up, uh, it's, this topic's near and dear to me. You know, I've been in the corporate world over 15 years now, and I can honestly say I've had about four or five bullies. Um, it really depends. And I think the key, you kind of touched upon it. Um, usually a bully finds a target as someone that's a threat to them. So there was something about you, uh, whether it be your knowledge or your experience or kind of your connections within that, within that job or the company that you worked for, that was a threat to that, to that individual. Um, because that's what I've noticed as a, a key thing that most of the bullies have made me a target um, for. And, you know, the reason why they do it is to essentially it's a way to make themselves feel better and undermine you and make you second guess yourself, lose your confidence. And it takes a toll on you both mentally and physically. And so then, you know, they look, they shine and they look better than you do because you're kind of, I don't want to say falling apart, but like you've got something going on that's affecting your, your work. Um, so, you know, usually that's what I notice what happens with bullies. I think um, one common response to having a bully is to withdraw. That if, you know, putting myself out there makes me more of a target, I'm going to withdraw, which then you lose connection with other people and you lose connection to move forward in your position. You -hmm. don't get thought of for this project or that project or or moving up or moving forward, Um, which which is a problem, obviously. You're not acting like you normally would or that you should. Yes. And I um, I have, it's interesting, I've two really significant bullying situations where I was, I mean, I was a grown adult. The first one I had, I'm like, I'm a school counselor. I deal with bullies. Let me go through my Rolodex of anti-bullying strategies. I mean, that's how much I'm thinking of it and using the strategies. Um, In both situations, I have gone to superiors about this, and they recognize the bullying. They don't deny it, Mm -hmm. but they did nothing about it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not, not surprised. I, I mean, the, the one manager wanted me to essentially be aggressive with the person. She, she said, piss on your territory. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know how to take that because that's not me. Yeah. And I don't think that's professional either. Uh, but it, that... That was very difficult to hear that your superior was was in a way through silence condoning the behavior mm-hmm. um, and not stepping in to do anything. And that, you lose trust with yeah. a superior when that happens. Some of it has to do with sort of the culture. And I will tell you, I, I, for one of the instances, I did go to my manager and I did explain to them, I felt that I was being bullied or targeted. And similar to what you're saying is they said, well, fight back. And that's also not really in my um, instinct. You know, I don't find that professional whatsoever. 
here I am looking to my manager as, you know, I need your support. I need your help to, to, you know, rectify the situation. I've also gone to HR. I'll tell you, HR really wants nothing to do with it. Um, because if anything, they sort of feel like, you know, they're defending the company per se, and you have two employees where this is happening. Um, and they, they don't want anything to do with it. You know, most people will tell you, go to HR about it. I'll tell you, I've gone to HR for, with three different companies. You don't do a thing. Um, the best advice that I ever got from a senior leader was document everything. I was going to say that. I, document. Um, in my last situation, it got to a point where HR had to be involved. And I will agree with you that HR did not handle it correctly. It was buried for months. And I had documentation of emails that I sent asking for an update. I had documented when phone calls were made, um, when responses were given, which they weren't always given. Um, I I have a full portfolio, essentially, of the interactions. And in this situation, my physical safety was put at risk twice. Uh-huh. So this wasn't just someone using their words, but my physical safety was was put and I was worried about my I was continued to be worried about my physical safety. So you would think yeah. that we've gotten to a place of, of being extreme and they would want to to deal with it. Right. Uh, you know, I was encouraged by different people to look at legal action. I'm going to be honest with you. Who wins in that? Right. I, I didn't feel like I was going to win anything. I just want it to stop. I don't want to have to go to work and worry mm-hmm. about who's on the outside of the bathroom door. Because right. that, that was a serious concern of mine. I had been cornered in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, so I, I just wanted it to stop. I didn't want to get legal action involved. Uh, but I, I documented everything. I did my part. Um, so if HR doesn't want to deal with it, when the police have to get involved, right? <clears throat> unfortunately, HR, you're also going to be on the hook. Yeah. That, that was kind of, that's how in my head things got left is when I have to call the police and I was clear with them that I will not have a problem the next time calling the police. Yeah. And th- then, you know, you've pushed me to this point instead of trying to mediate the situation. We're, we're going to have to go outside of you and, and get into the legal system. Yeah. I mean, I've also been in, in your, not in your scenario where I've been physically threatened. Um, but there were some instances where I did, you know, talk to, I have, lawyer friends within my family and and things like that, where I did have discussions with them around, you know, what's kind of your advice here? I really don't want to have to go through something like this, but what would you suggest if I had to? And they just said, look, document everything. If there's a conversation that you had, if you're in a room with a bunch of people, document what was said, who was in the room, just so that you have all this information, keep all your emails, anything that you could possibly have on file, you know, the different discussions that you did have with your manager, HR, or even the individual, if you tried to kind of confront them, um, just have all that information handy. One, I mean, uh, one of the bullies that I had, and I'll touch upon, you know, just some of his tactics that, um, 
this individual did uh, that really affected me was, uh, you know, we all flew down to a conference in Florida um, and in the, we're all checking into the hotel and uh, he says to me, have you talked to your manager lately? You know, I'm kind of looking at him like, uh, you know, I usually have my one-on-one, like, you know, what's going on? And he's like, well, I suggest that you talk to your manager because um, it's really important that you talk to her. Uh, and I just was kind of thrown back by that. You know, you have colleagues all kind of standing around wondering, you know, what, what the deal is. You know, so I went back, called my manager to find out what it was. Um, it was something that really wasn't that necessary to call me out on in front of other people. It was something where they felt I should have taken the lead on a little bit more um, and kind of pursued. But it was an activity that we were supposed to do. I was supposed to do with colleagues um, and kind of not necessarily finish it, but have some details to bring to this conference. And then at the conference, you would fin- you would finish kind of those documents that you had. So I didn't really think it was necessary to have it all completed and buttoned up and everything for the meeting. You know, I thought we're all going to be together. We can work on it then. Uh, And I didn't see a big deal out of it. And my manager didn't either. So it's kind of just like, you know, what was the purpose of that situation? It was to sort of make me look, uh, you know, belittling me in front of others, embarrassing me. And it, it, it did affect me. Because I went back and I was thinking serious things, you know, what could I have done? And then right then and there, you've now created sort of a tift between um, this individual and myself. And, you know, how do we kind of go from there? And then towards the end of the conference, I remember distinctly getting into a cab with um, that person and some others. And he, you know, he says to me, you did a really great job at this, you know, at this conference, you really stepped up to where I wanted you to, you know, to, to perform and do. Um, it, it was just sort of like, really like it, it just, to me, it was just kind of like, I do what I normally do. You know, that's how I am. Like, what's the next, like, what's, why did you need to call that out? I, I don't, I almost feel like it was puppet strings. Basically, like I kind of own you and you follow what I want you to do. And I mean, there was lots of instances of, you know, not telling me about meetings, letting me know a day before of a super like huge meeting in the at the home office in front of like all these senior leaders to talk about things. And then at the end of it. I was told, oh, well, you didn't really do anything to help out. And it's like, well, how could I if I knew about this a day before? But these were like the types of things that would happen on a daily basis to the point where it was, I didn't even want to go to work. I, you know, was sick to my stomach, constantly thinking about, you know, how do people think about my performance? Like you second guess yourself and your confidence and everything, your capabilities and your work. And it affects everything where I would come home and just mentally not be myself. And you need to talk about it. And at the end of the day, my family didn't want to hear about what was going on at work every day. (laughs) So I really had to weigh my pros and cons and say, okay, what are my options? Do I find another role within the company you know, 
do I leave the company? You know, is these were all these things. And oftentimes I've had to make the decision. I found other jobs within the company sometimes, but in some scenarios, I actually just said, you know what, I'm done. Like, and I've had to leave. And the reasons why I left is because I was bullied. Right. It's as simple as that. So I, and I don't know if you, because you were looking into some statistics and some different things as far as bullying in the workplace. And um, I found in a national survey done by the Workplace Bullying Institute, 19% of adults have been personally bullied of their responders. And then 19% have witnessed it happening to others. So essentially, we'll round that off to, you know, a fifth of the of the work, the workers out there have experienced bullying and a fifth have witnessed it. I mean, I I think that's, you know, significant. You would hope and I know maybe I'm being a little Pollyanna that by the time that we're adults, we could handle ourselves better. But that's obviously not true. And I would bet that's underreported. Oh, it's way underreported in my opinion. Um, I think there's an article on Forbes, if I'm not mistaken, where it was at 49%. Yeah. I think we're bullied. It's a lot, it was a lot higher. Um, and people do witness it. Um, I know people say like, hey, you should go to colleagues and things like that. But oftentimes your colleagues are not really going to support you. Um, and the reason why I say that is because they just don't want to be involved or they don't want to become the target themselves. Which in the the situation with my second, my second bully of life, and I love it how I've got to number them. Yeah. I, when I joined the company, I took over the, the position of victim and I took it away from someone else that everyone knew was being bullied by this bully. Yeah. So I gave this person a reprieve, which, you know, in some ways I'm like, okay, I can shoulder this. Um, the, the woman who was being bullied was an older woman, more at the end of her career. Um, you know, so I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it on in, in stride, you know, and take it from her. But when my situation got rectified with this bully and she eventually backed off, she went back to bullying the original victim. And we all, like, this was common knowledge in yeah. the office. Common knowledge. They joked about it. I mean, it was funny. Um, I was off a day. And when I came back, everyone was laughing because, and they were telling me the story that something had happened that day. And the bully blamed me. And everyone's like, she's not here. Like, are you really serious? She's not here. Okay. And they thought it was funny. And I'm like, but you guys realize this is still behavior that's going on. Yeah. It's so ludicrous, but it's still and it's going on. it's your character. Yeah. So, I mean, and you've talked a little bit about it. You know, bu being bullied, much like the effects on children are the same effects as adults. It causes mental and physical 
issues, stress, depression, high blood pressure, upset stomach, and GI issues. You mm-hmm. don't you don't want to go to work. You quit your job. You know, so you've got financial issues that happen because you're making decisions that aren't necessarily for financial reasons. Correct. And that's where you would hope HR would do a little bit more there to prevent you from having that sort of unsafe situation or you feeling that way um, to the point where you have to leave your job. But, you know, sometimes you become sort of that, you know, that person that sacrificed their job as setting kind of the example. And I will tell you the bullies that I have had, they were known in the workplace, just like what you're, you're saying is they've had incidences before I talked to colleagues and they were known and there was other issues with other individuals. So to me, it's, I never understood is why don't you let that individual go? That is the bully. That's the person that you should be letting go. That is a problem that's causing all these issues. And oftentimes it's that person has a good performance or that person does well within their career. And yeah, you know how they've done well within their career by bullying others to get where they've gotten today. Um, So to me, you know, I kind of felt like leadership within certain organizations, it's like shame on you in the fact that you condone this type of behavior and you let it go when you know that this is happening or occurring Um, and you know, the, the worst bully that I had physically made me sick. Mm -hmm. I would physically get sick every single morning. I was sick to my stomach and I'll never forget this where a colleague of mine was like, man, you've lost a ton of weight. You know, what kind of diet is it that you're doing? (laughs) And, you know, I kind of had to hide it. You know, I can't tell them I'm, I'm physically, you know, I'm physically ill all the time, but I was because I was, constantly thinking about, am I doing a good job? You know, is this person going to go behind my back to my manager again and say something again? You know, like you constantly have these things and then you're being not told about meetings and, you know, you have conversations with colleagues and then you kind of feel like they're partnering with the bully and they're against you. And just all these things were happening was we're at the end of the day. I just want to be able to do my job and do it well. And I'm there to help people and support people. I'm not about getting your job. I'm not looking to steal your job. I want the job that I'm in and I want to continue to do well, get promotions, you know, go from this level to that level. I I don't want your job. So at the end of the day, it's bullies should like look to want to work with me then like, be threatened by me or, you know, do all these various things to make me look bad. I've never really understood it. And so oftentimes I try to avoid those types of people at all, all occasions, because it's just not good for you personally and professionally. And so, you know, I've made the decisions to leave and I don't look back and regret any of those decisions because where I am today, I, I love my job. I love what I do. And I don't have any of those issues currently where I'm at. Um, so I'm very thankful that I did make those decisions. And you kind of bring up a point. So last school year, I was in a place dealing with the bully and, 
just had a horrible year. Um, and it was kind of a, a mixed message. I was living a double life because last year I started this podcast and I was putting out there to everyone to live your best life. And I wasn't doing that for a good chunk of my day. And I had to bring that confession to the Facebook group that I've been living a double life and I wanted to end that. Um, and I that was an intentional decision on my part that I wasn't going to let this bully totally derail my life. I was going to continue to be me and live the life that I wanted and not let that bully take that away from me. And that's what it sounds like you did. You are living and doing what you want to do and not letting those people get in the way or suck you out of your joy and your happiness. You've made some decisions to change, you know, work locations, but you're still on your work path. You're still climbing your ladder. You're still doing what you want to do professionally and believing in yourself. Yeah. I mean, some people could say by leaving a company or changing roles that I gave in. Um, but at the end of the day, it was about my health at that, at that point um, where it was, you know what? I'm always going to find another job or another role and continue continue to work up, you know, to the level that I want to be. And, you know, I don't look at that at all. It's a hiccup within the road. And in the long run, why would I want to work for a company that tolerates that type of behavior or continues to let someone like that live with work within the organization? I don't want to be around that. So to be honest, I don't regret it at all. Sure, I could have been a senior director or something at, at this point with that company, but I'm not I'm not interested in that. I was interested in enjoying my job and feeling safe every day going to work. Um, and that that's more important to me. Um, and you know, karma comes back because I, there is bullies that I've had um, where they got what they deserved. Um, I'll leave it at that <laughs> because if I, <laughs> if I share too much information, people might know what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, but it, it really does come back. So I've always known, my father taught me something really well that regardless of who you come into contact with, whether it's the janitor or the receptionist or a waitress or a waiter you always be nice to everyone because you never know who they know or it's just the right thing to do. Um, and so I've always been very professional and kind to everyone that I've come into contact where I work with. And, you know, oftentimes you end up working with people again. Um, so within my last job, I worked with almost 10 people that worked with me prior at another company. So it's, you know, it's all about connections and who you know and you always want to make sure that you have a good reputation. And, you know, I'd rather be known as the person that left that didn't want to tolerate that type of behavior anymore than someone that stuck it out. And who knows what would have happened. Yeah. I think it shows character that you weren't forced to sink to their level. To get through to it, you know, to become the bully back or to become unprofessional to deal with it. 
to rise above it and make some decisions to put yourself in a better position, that that's character. And that's essentially, you know, that's essentially what we're in the end going to be judged on is how we treated people and what our character was like. So that, that kind of karma piece. Yeah. yeah. Some of the things, so I think there's a couple, you know, ways that I would suggest people dealing with bullies. And I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. I have been trained in anti-bullying. I will say that. But one strategy doesn't work for all. There is no magic wand that can happen and take the bullying situation away. So what works in one situation might not work in another situation. Um, it's just the, the personalities that you're dealing with, the situation that you're dealing with. So there are some suggestions, but I can't tell you that this is going to be the, the silver bullet to help everyone's situation. I think, you know, and one of the reasons why I love that Rachel's here to talk about this is being confident in who you are and using that body language, you know, to handle it, to not let the situation rock you. But when you're dealing with that person, use your body language to present confidence because they're going to try to hammer away at that confidence. What do you think? Oh, I 100% agree. That's their whole tactic, the whole manipulation, trying to get under your skin. They're trying to do everything to kind of get you to react. And the best thing that you can do is just maintain your cool um, because that gets them even more. The fact that they can't rile you. Um, So, I mean, it goes back to, you know, grade school kind of bully behavior and The one thing that sticks with me as a kid that I really hope that people don't use this anymore is the term of, if a boy teases you, um, it means he likes you. Um, So growing up, it was like, okay, that's not always true. And that's not always the case. And I really hope that parents nowadays aren't saying that to their daughters because, you know, no, like that's not why they're teasing me or whatever, picking on me. Oftentimes it's jealousy or I'm a threat or, you know, those are the reasons why bullies target. Um, And oftentimes it's, they need to put someone else down to make themselves feel better about themselves and who they are, because they're often very, very insecure about themselves. Um, So that's just the way that I look at bullies now. And I think, having these instances of these, you know, four bullies that I've had in my career, um, it's made me a better employee, a better mom, a better wife, a a better person, because I've overcome kind of that kind of toxic environment or behavior that I'm more confident in the long run. And I really want to help other people that if they are in this, you know, instance, like I was, you know, there are a ton of resources to, to reach out to as far as, you know, to find out information on what you can do and how to kind of overcome it. But again, I think a lot of it is you can kind of, you know, speak back to this, the person that is bullying you. You cannot try and have a conversation around it. 
oftentimes it really doesn't go anywhere. You can speak to HR, um, but the, the biggest thing that I will say is the best advice I ever got from someone when I was a little analyst years ago is to document everything. Um, they had told me, um, cause I had a manager at the time that really threw me under the bus. Um, and I could have taken the road of, okay, well, I'm just a little analyst. I might as well, um, take what is, what has been given to me and kind of, you know, end up leaving the company or, you know, being get, let go. No, I fought back. I fought back and I won hard. Um, and it was all because I had documented every, you know, training, every meeting, all these things, I documented it and provided it to HR and they knew right away. They knew, um, obviously I was, you know, they were falsifying information per se and threw me under the bus when it was not a legitimate reason to have any of that type of, have me be in that type of situation. Um, so it's just, you know, believe in your gut, stick with it, document everything and, and do go to a sort of a mentor or a resource that you trust. That's kind of outside of kind of the environment with the bully per se. Maybe they can also see from a different perspective, kind of what's going on, um, and help you there. But I will say that that individual, if they had not told me to document everything, you know, I could have a totally different career right now. Um, and I honestly, I mean, that was probably the best information ever and karma because what ended up happening to that, to that manager was <laughs> fabulous. Like to this day, karma really got that individual. And do I regret any of it? No, because in the long run, I have to look out for myself. I knew that I was, you know, they were in the wrong for doing what they did and, and it ended up backfiring on them. Um, yeah. So I, I don't feel bad at all. I would also say a good suggestion is if you're dealing with this, make sure you're taking care of yourself. You know, Rachel talked about being, you know, physically ill and that that's like a rough place and you need to fill your cup up when you're not in that situation you need to be taking care of yourself when you're not in the work situation and i know that's you know easier said than done uh, but you need to, to do that. You might need to take those mental health days at work if you're dealing with too much and just to step away and get a break. Um, doing things like meditation or yoga, taking your breaks. I know that's for some of us really hard to do at work. Take your lunch break. Take, you know, the 15 minute break you might get. Walk away from the office. Go outside. Go to another floor. Go to your car. I've done that. I've gone to my car and just sat in my car for some peace. Make sure you are taking care of yourself during this situation and doing what you need to do to bring some joy, to fill your cup back up, um, whatever you need to do to put a smile back on your face. That's tough. I will agree with you, Meredith. I mean, sometimes even going for counseling, um, if you need to talk to someone, 
And just to kind of discuss kind of your what's happening is definitely something that you should do. Um, besides the fact that, you know, if you're not meditating or doing yoga or walking and, you know, kind of trying to take deep breaths around this, you know, oftentimes counseling is really helpful. I know most companies do offer um, employee assistance programs. Yes. Um, so oftentimes you can do a lot of things that are confidential. You don't have to tell your, your manager or your corporation. You can kind of just do these things, um, especially now with like COVID-19 and what's happening. Um, you know, hopefully you're not being bullied and things like that. But these are the types of resources that you can use. You know, you're not alone. There's a ton of people that have had this happen to them. Um, so I would say, you know, those that's oftentimes talking to people is what can help you. And so when you and I had the conversation or when you opened up about your situation about being bullied at work, it really hit home for me because I've had so many situations that a lot of my close friends don't even know about. Um, some of my colleagues probably don't even know about at some of my previous jobs um, because oftentimes I didn't really trust people to, to talk about it because I didn't want to make that be a reflection of my, what I'm known, what I'm known for. Right. Um, you know, you, I kind of wanted to not be in those situations, but unfortunately I was, and I've overcome them because, you know, I'm no longer in that type of scenario. I know what could even be worse is having a manager that's your own bully. Um, I've read and, and heard about that. Um, I don't know how, you know, oftentimes, the best route for you is to leave, unfortunately. Um, or, you know, you can try and go to their manager and things like that. But that's a very difficult situation to be in is if your manager is the bully. Um, you know, it's, it's just there's a lot of resources out there. There's the Bullying Institute. Um, I've read up a lot of women. Jessica Hinkman with Bullyology. Um, Heidi Herter has read a lot of, has written a lot of Forbes articles. So there's just a lot of different resources that you can go to around bullying. Which I, um, I looked up some of the resources that you had shared and, uh, Jessica Hinkman with, um, Bullyology and she's a bullyologist, I guess she calls herself. (laughs) She's, she's on Instagram and I think that, is one that would be a, a neat thing if I was in a bullying situation to surround myself with those anti-bullying messages. Mm-hmm. Someone who's going to be on your feed on a daily basis giving you the courage and giving you resources and tips to to do something. I talk about my circle of positivity and she would be a great person to include in a circle of positivity if you're dealing with a situation. Um, you had also, I think, mentioned bully, bullyfreeatwork.com. That had a great library of articles with tips and uh, different resources. There's an ebook that they have. So that I thought was a really good uh, website to get some information. So I would include that too. Before we wrap up, Rachel, I want to ask you a question because we kind of touched on it and I'd like to to get it out there. As a victim of bullying, what would you want your colleagues who witness it 
and know what's going on to do. I honestly would have loved that if somebody after a scenario where he did that to me in the hallway of a hotel and made that comment to me, I would have loved if someone would have come up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Rachel, that was not, that was not okay. I will support you if you need to talk to somebody about it. Meaning like if, if you want to go to HR or, you know, talk to your manager, just to, to feel that comfort that I had an advocate for me. Not once in any of the situations that I've been in, did I have someone that was an advocate or that did that for me. So yeah, I would definitely suggest that if you are witnessing somebody being bullied, is to stand up and do something. I mean, they're, they're feeling targeted and so they're looking for all kinds of support. So that is what I wish someone would have done for me. And I would definitely do it if it was vice versa. And, and you hit the nail on the head. Bullying is very isolating. It's very lonely. You feel targeted. Everyone's looking at you. If it's a, you know, a, a situation of humiliation or intimidation, and you just want someone to join with you and, you know, say like, I not only see this, but I'm going to step forward and help you deal with it. So I just I wanted to kind of get that out there because, you know, there there are more witnesses than there are bullies and victims just proportionally. But there would be less of a situation if the witnesses would step forward and say, we're not going to accept this. Yes. Uh, So I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that. If if someone is just witnessing what's going on, what they can do to help out. Besides some of the other resources that you mentioned, there is one book that um, I think I found it in like the lobby of a salon um, and it's called Instant Happy. It's a 10 second attitude makeover book and it's by Karen Salmonson. And I can tell you honestly, on a bad day or after a meeting or after an incident, I would pull this book out and just flip it through. And honestly, it turns whatever way that you're feeling right around and you feel a lot more confident and good about yourself. So I would highly suggest, um, to get not even like if you don't have to be bullied to be getting this book, but it's just a definite book that changes your attitude. And I would suggest, um, looking into it. Okay. Say it again. It's called instant happy by Karen Salmonson. Her last name is S A L M A N. S-O-H-N. That sounds awesome. I've got to get myself a copy of that. Thank you. Wow, you are just full of so much information. I am sorry that you're full of so much information about bullying, but I appreciate you using your experiences to help others. So thank you. Yes, I'm happy to share it. You know, It's often something I've wanted to get off my chest for quite some time, because as I mentioned, a lot of colleagues and friends don't know that I've had these instances. And, you know, I've always wanted to make a difference in the world. And I hope that uh, through this podcast that potentially I could help someone that is in this, you know, type of scenario today um, and come out of it Um, because there is there is green 
on the other side. Oh, great. Thank you for presenting that because I know when you're stuck in the middle of it, you feel like you're, the walls are caving in and you're just going to be stuck in that misery for a while. So thank you for presenting that perspective. Oh, well, we've come to the end here. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything that you want to end with or tell our listeners? No, I think I about covered all of, you know, the steps I think that you, you know, someone should do if they are in this type of situation and just know you're not alone. Um, I felt very much alone. Um, And oftentimes you're not the only victim that's being bullied by this individual. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, thinking through things and how do you handle it? And you have to just make some difficult decisions. Um, But, you know, there are a ton of resources out there and please speak up, you know, please, please talk to somebody, whether it is a colleague, um, write things down, talk to a friend, just, you know, let people know what's happening because oftentimes you don't want it to affect your work um, without people knowing exactly what's going on. Yes. Well, I will be putting some of the resources that we mentioned in this podcast in the show notes, but also I'm going to put some extra stuff in our Facebook group. So the Finding Myself podcast Facebook group, I'll put extra resources so that you can check out. So please check out the community. It's a great place for discussion, extra information, motivation, and inspiration. Rachel's actually a part of the group, so you might uh, be honored with her commenting or discussing something with you. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for joining me on this podcast episode. Uh, It's been a lot of fun to catch up with you, and thank you so much. Thank you very much, Meredith. I'm so glad to be back on, and hopefully maybe we can do another one in the future. That would be great. That would be great. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off and say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time. 